Welcome to another episode of the Total R&B Podcast. I am your host, Lorena, and today I'm here with a new interview, this time with singer-songwriter from Toronto, Layla Day. Hey, Layla. Hello. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing. How are you? How's everything going? Uh, I'm so good. I'm so good. Uh, everything has been going good. I'm, I can't complain. Yeah. No, I I wouldn't either. So I'm excited to talk to you because um, I got introduced to you from the Detour album. That's when no. I discovered your music. Yes. Yeah. So I went back. I got to know a bit about your story. And I've just been excited for you and everything that's been happening um, with your career once you put out this album as well. So I'm excited to talk to you today. I'm, I'm excited, too. I mean, let's do it. <laughs> all right. So I always start off the, the interviews with the same question all the time for my guests. So what is your first memory of R&B music? Not the first time you heard it, but what comes to mind when I say that? Uh, what comes to mind, honestly, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Like, I feel like that album, my mom used to like literally have that album on repeat. And it is, I feel like at the center of me and my understanding with R&B. Um, I don't know what it was about that time, that era that I just really connect with where I feel like, like this is home. So when I literally hear like my first introduction to R&B mm -hmm. and not just like the first time I heard it, like you said, but like when I felt something and I was like, oh, I really love this, um, reminds me of the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Like my mom used to buy CDs, physical CDs. And for the young people, like, you know, who don't know what that is, yeah, you know, we used to go to HMV and she used to get like all of the new R&B um cds that were coming out like you know like my first cd was like i think that she bought for myself was like a chris brown cd or a rihanna cd and oh, so wow. like yeah like we had physical cds but i just remember every saturday morning we would wake up it would that start with that bell, that bell ringing and i'm like okay it's time to start cleaning and the lauren hill is going to come on and it just made everything so much easier like you know cleaning wasn't so harsh you're like eh, all right cool <laughs> No, I, I definitely, I feel that that was, that was a time that album definitely had us all in a chokehold on the seat. That album was scratched up from being played so many times Listen, and it's such yeah. a classic. Yes. To this day, 25 years later, and it's still just like, you know, just, just as amazing. So she's one of my favorite artists of all time, Lauren Hill. Um, but yeah, I think that's my first introduction to r and I love that. So you started off with a classic. I yes. love that. Okay, and so for you as a singer, because you've been singing basically your entire life, but yes. when is it that you decided that I'm going to take this and run with it and make it my career? Yeah, I mean, I've always, like you said, I've always been um, singing, like whether that be with my cousins, but I think my solo career really started when I was in high school. And uh, really, I was just only going to do the talent show because there was like a money prize. I was, at the time, I, was, I would consider myself a baller. Um, you know, I was very interested in playing basketball. I had hoop dreams of like, you know, going to a D1 school and, um, you know, potentially being in, in the WNBA. And um, I had a friend who also sang and she was like, I think you're good. Like you need to do this talent show. And um, I was like, okay, well, why would I be doing it? And she was like, there's a prize. And I was like, all right, cool, then I'm doing it. But I didn't understand what it took to go and step in front of a stage by myself. I've been so used to performing with my cousins, with family members, with other people, with band members. And, you know, when you step into like solo artistry, you don't understand how much uh, space and energy other people take up when they're on the stage with you. So I had this huge like 
scare pretty much where I couldn't come out from behind the curtain. Oh, uh, and I just sang this like uh, Alicia Keys song. Um, and I went like three quarters, almost like almost about three quarters, or at least halfway through the song, like where I was singing behind the curtain and everyone in the audience was just like, we've had enough. Like who is behind the curtain? Who is it? So they all start cheering. They're like, come on. And it made me feel really nice. So I just literally opened the middle, like the middle divider, stepped in front of the curtain, started singing. Everyone's going wild. They're like, we didn't know you were a singer. Um, but it was like my first confirmation that like I could probably do this by myself. And I ended up winning um, that talent show at my high school. And I went on to win like I think two other talent shows. And I was like, I am I really actually like love doing this. And it's not even so much for myself, but other people wouldn't even allow me to like let it go. They were like, okay, okay. like you know that you play ball, but like. <laughs> they were on you. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, okay, cool. So like every every year, every couple of semesters, they'd be like, okay, so like, where's the album? Or like, where's the songs? And I'm like, oh, I feel so much pressure. But like that, I would say is like my first introduction to solo um, musicianship, solo artistry. And from there, like I connected with some really cool and like important people in my life, like my brother, Julian Cooper, and, uh, and you know, his friend at the time who then became my first manager ever was Tim D. And we started recording music and like his basement and stuff. So yeah, I don't know, it just organically kind of came together. I, I love that. But I love the encouragement that you, you get from people like around you that you probably don't even know. Yeah, it's just pushing you to do it because they believe. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Voice, you know, and I think like it's it's interesting because like when I was going to church and stuff like that and I knew singers, it's 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 a similar effect where it's like, you know, you hear something and you're like, wow, that's really speaking to me. That's speaking mm -hmm. to my soul. It's the same reason why I fell in love with R&B when I heard the miseducation, because like that's doing something to me. It's moving me in some type of way. And, um, you know, after I, I realized that that is really the gift that um, I was giving people, then I was like, okay, I, I think I really need to do this. Cause you know, your mom, your mom loves you and your mom tells yeah. you like, oh, you're good. But then it's like your mom, but then you get the real, uh, confirmation and affirmation from strangers. Then you're like, oh, I might be onto something. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking. Cause you said you grew up singing with like family and your cousins and stuff. So that's one thing. I know families will tell you the truth, but it is another whole other feeling when somebody outside of your immediate circle can tell you that you need to pursue this. I love your voice or it, this moved me. So that's yeah. super, super dope. And then I also read in your bio that because you're in Toronto and you uh, were a part of different programs that helped you with your craft. So what are some of those programs for people that might not know? And what's something that really helped you from maybe one of those programs? Yeah, I mean, one of the first uh, I would say like inner city programs that I attended was the Remix Project. Um, and a lot of people know about the Remix Project, but at the time that I was a part of it, I was probably in like round four or five. I still don't remember what specific round, I can't remember, but um, it was still fairly fresh as the Remix Project. Um, but it was a space that as an artist, you could go and I was in the recording arts program and like actually record. Anybody who is an up and coming artist knows that like studio time is and can get very expensive being in the studio um, and just having that creative space is also really difficult to find. Now in the day and age where like everybody has, you know, at home mics and you can kind of create at home, um, I think that's a little bit different. But during the era that I was in the Remix Project, one of the first, pro like one of the first programs that I've ever attended, there wasn't any like home studios. I didn't, I didn't even know the first thing to do that. So they were giving us opportunity to like be in a space, a recording space with a real engineer, 
and really cultivating and crafting your own sound. There were other people, I think one of the biggest takeaways from that project was like, there were other people in the program, other artists that you could connect with, other people in like business arts who were looking to be managers or looking to be publicists or looking to be, um, you know, photographers or marketing um, in marketing. And so it was like you were you were really building a community of people in your genre, which is like music or R&B, and you could cultivate that and craft those relationships from the ground up before people start getting famous when you're like, oh, hey, did you want to work with me? It's like, oh, no, yeah, we were in this thing together. And, you know, you, you kind of build your team that way. Um, so that was probably my first introduction to like an inner city program that was specifically for artists like myself, urban, urban kids, black kids in the city, just like wanting to uh, pursue some type of musical career. Um, you know, I went on to do uh, the Honey Jam, which is also in Toronto, Shannon to Ebony. Um, you know, she was a part of the Honey Jam, or she's the founder of Honey Jam, and along with a lot of other people. But I, you know, I then transitioned to that stage where it's a little bit of a bigger stage than I was used to doing at the time. Um, and again, just creating a community of other women, doing workshops, uh, introducing, getting introduced to vocal coaching, and then doing the finale, which is the show, and you know, being able to be in front of a bigger audience and also an audience filled with music label executives, um, music lovers, just other people that you can connect with. Um, and then, you know, move to Coalition, shout out to Coalition. They uh, have a program there that's called Canada's Music Incubator. That's where I learned more music business. Um, and I feel like that was my first introduction to music business. Um, and, and that really kind of changed my life because I moved from just like an artist in trying to do this thing to an actual business that is viable that you know i can actually foresee um being my career and i think that's really important especially for up-and-coming artists sometimes it's hard as an artist in, in canada um, much less as an artist in toronto or montreal or anywhere that you are um to see how you can live off of music like everybody knows about the starving artist situation right mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people are starving artists because we love the the art of it but at the same time we have to treat it as a business like we are entrepreneurs crafting and we need to learn a little bit of the business side of it so that we can actually sustain ourselves as artists moving forward. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other programs and Shetta saw the other programs that, you know, were, were involved, but I feel like those three program programs or like, you know, were so pivotal in my life that I remember them and they stand out to me. But that's one thing that I love about Toronto is that the artists have access mm -hmm. to these programs. So where I'm from in Montreal, we don't have, um, that many like programs or outlets, especially for English speaking artists wow. um, to go out and do those type of things. And so I remember when I was a bit younger and I wanted to um, start off in public relations. And I remember um, my mentor at the time, Pollyanna Reed was telling me about the remix project. And I was like, I wish, I wish I could go because yeah. we don't have anything like that here at all. And so I was always like, kind of like jealous, like, oh, I wish we had those type of things here. So I think that's super dope that you had access and you were able to grow and also learn different parts of the business while you grow as an artist at the same time. So I love yeah. that. Man, you know, I, I often think about that. And it was just a conversation I was having the other day with like um, a sync music, sync music supervisor. And, you know, she was just talking about other places in Canada that just don't have the um, the access to what 
people in Toronto are having access to. And, you know, more and more I'm learning that it isn't, we don't, like us in Toronto, we're still, we don't have it figured out by any means, but we're still trying to figure it out. We're still kind of struggling, even as artists, even as a, as a Black woman who does uh, R&B in the city of Toronto, in the country of Canada that doesn't necessarily have an infrastructure like that for R&B, it's difficult. But, you know, when I step back, and I look at, you know, places like Montreal, like you're saying, or BC, um, Nova Scotia, Saskatoon, Alberta, like, you know, where there's artists like myself out there who just don't have access to programming like these. Uh, it makes it makes me think and it makes me wonder, like, what can we be doing that's a little bit more, uh, that brings more awareness to uh, those smaller, like, kind of areas that do have R&B there, do have artists like myself, but just can't access the the information and the knowledge. So yeah, definitely thinking about, you know, just expanding and how we can kind of connect the dots between the people who are maybe in Montreal or Saskatoon or Nova Scotia, Alberta, anywhere, none of it. <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity for us to grow um, mm -hmm. just in Canada in general, and then in each province. So there's I always say like, and I also want to use this platform for people to know like there are, if you do want to enter into the music business or the entertainment industry, like there's so many different so, like problems and solutions that people could come up with to help our artists, um, especially in the R&B scene, because I just feel that we have so many talented R&B artists, but unfortunately they don't have the platforms to tell their story or to perform as much as they should. Mm -hmm. So I think there's opportunity everywhere. Um, it's, so it's just about people connecting and then figuring it out and trying it out. So, but I do see there are some changes. Like there are groups that I always mention on here, like Advance, um, yes. that are doing things to like position people in, in different places so that oh. you know uh, we could grow. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Advance. Yes. But you also have something that is helping artists as well. You have the Daydreamers program, right? Yeah. So let us know about that. What is that? How can people apply? Who can apply? Mm. Yeah, I mean, everyone always kind of brings it up and I didn't know how important it was to my story until I started kind of doing, you know, some of the interviews and people bring it up and they're interested in it. Um, but in all honesty, I haven't really pursued uh, the Daydreamers program in a couple of years uh, because of COVID and a couple of other things. But um, what the Daydreamers program really is, is like a mentorship program for artists like myself and then also like younger artists, I think. When I was younger when i was a much when i was much like much earlier in my artistic career um i was looking for a mentor in what i was doing i just wanted to know like am i on the right track am i doing the right things am i you know doing what i'm supposed to do what shall i do as a r&b artist in toronto and i was just looking for kind of like a little bit of advice around how do i go about again making this my career and that was really hard for me whether that was trying to find mentors or other artists who were older than me or uh, more experienced than me, not necessarily having the time or not having the answers. And so um, I felt like that was a real big gap for me as, an, as a younger, um, more innocent kind of artist in my artistic career. So I felt like I wanted to kind of shoot that gap. I've always been very interested in community and like community building. And um, so I started this program just like I don't know, off of a whim where I was like, I think I have some things to share with other young artists who 
ask me all of the time for advice or just like, you know, what do you think about this? And um, so I started this program uh, and it was it was first immersed out of Sandbox Studios, which was a studio um, that opened up their space and allowed me to run the program. And it started with my four girls and they applied. And, um, you know, we talked about everything from like, you know, uh, women of color in this industry, how can we navigate? We talked about, um, you know, not everybody is going to be a Rihanna or a Beyonce. So how can we diversify our artistry where we're we're actually going to be in the positions that make the most sense for us? Um, we all have dreams, just like myself when I, when I had dreams of being in the WNBA. And I was like, actually, I have a real passion for singing and I've always had it. But like, how do I go about doing that? And what are the other avenues that I can explore in music that will help me, again, become a sustainable artist? What is sync? What are my back-end royalties? Um, what is um, what is marketing? What is branding? What should my brand be? When I was younger, I thought that I had to perform in heels. I don't know what that was about. It was just like I had to be in heels. But then, you know, I'm there on stage and I'm like so uncomfortable, yeah. which honestly affected the way that I performed and I'm already nervous and anxious. So just being in heels or in a dress, being nervous and anxious in front of people I don't know, just made for a big ball of anxiety and didn't help me as an artist. And so now, you know, seeing that people are performing in whatever makes them feel most comfortable. Um, and even for myself, like People know you probably won't catch me in heels unless there is a seat for me. <laughs> but, I, I feel that right. Like I'm just a, I'm just a sneaker girl. I really love sneakers, and I'm just most comfortable performing in my sneakers or something more flat. And I just I feel once I feel comfortable there, then I feel like I perform better. So just little things, having conversations about some of the issues or um, challenges that young people face in this industry, um, especially in the Toronto industry and especially in the Canadian industry. We don't have very many radio stations that um, support our music, urban music, you know, and how do we navigate that? Or how do we find and expose ourselves to um, the market in Montreal? How do we ex expose ourselves to the market in, you know, the UK or the US? So there was a lot of different conversations, but really it was just building community and building that sense of like understanding that you can come to somebody if you need a, a question and I might not have all the answers. I probably won't, but we can put our minds together and find it. And really that's what the daydreams program was um, and still is. There's still some mentorship aspects, but I think because I stepped back into full-time artistry, it's been really hard for me to do both, but I'm still very interested in um, artist mentorship, especially for, you know, my young, my young women of color. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be bringing it back now that, you know, we're past, past the pandemic situation, but yeah. I'm going to bring it back so that we can definitely have more conversation and um, just continue to, to turn the wheel. No, I love that. And I really do hope that you do bring it back because I think a lot of people can just learn a lot from you personally. Um, even if you don't have other people joining in to give that expert advice, you have enough expertise under your belt to help the next generation of artists that are coming up. So I think that would be super dope. And I always feel like if you learn something, you should definitely not hold it and keep it to yourself, but put it out there. I agree. So. We have to share the knowledge. Like that's mm -hmm. the only way that we move the needle, you know? So it's like sharing that knowledge and 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 sharing it with young people, especially they're the next generation of like, you know, young people 
and musicians and um, you know sync music music supervisors or photographers. They're the next generation, so they they need to have the knowledge and. When I was younger, I just remember thinking like, if I had known, like I didn't have to wear heels, I would have saved myself a lot of heartache and the process in which going through artistry and learning how to perform on stage would have been easier and probably quicker. So yeah. And probably more fun too. More fun, yeah, the experience, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So I do wanna, you know, just, you know, make a slight detour and talk about Detour. Because that is an album that came out in 2021, but I still feel that it's like still bringing opportunity till this day and it's still Mm -hmm. impacting, you know, your audience and stuff. So um, I want to get into that because I feel like, although like you listen to it, you know that it's about, you know, love and relationships, but then I feel that it's also um, teaching us basically that life just brings you detours so we think something I do this all the time I plan out everything I'm a Virgo so (laughs) I plan everything out I have a list but things don't always go as they almost never do yeah now I'm learning to let the universe do what the universe is going to do and I'm trying to just go with the flow (laughs) that is exactly it um, you know, I had taken a little bit of like a, a break from music, um, and before I dropped Detour. And then, you know, I was I had all this all these plans. I was like, okay, cool, here's gonna be like my comeback. I'm gonna have this music and I'm gonna be like great. And then the pandemic hit, and I was like, damn, like what am I gonna call this project? And like, are people gonna be listening now? Cause like they're going through their own stuff and this is gonna be difficult. But really, in the process of making the project you're right. Like it does speak from a place of relationship and love, but also at the same time, I was like, detour is so profound at that time because the whole world was experiencing a detour. Like Mm -hmm. we couldn't have planned for a pandemic that really made people shift and pivot the way that they started thinking or the way that they, they were thinking. Um, and, and it's affected us to this day. So, um, you know, I just thought it was really profound in the sense that like we, the world, the whole world is experiencing a detour. And so, why not write about a shared experience? But, you know, from my perspective, which is a relationship perspective, but one that everyone can relate to in the sense of we always make friends, you know, and and shout outs to Desiree McKenzie. Um, she's the writer of the poem in the very beginning that I'm reciting. And when I was, you know, thinking about the project and I had all these songs and I was telling her about my idea, but I was like, it's not quite there. It's missing something. And she made this poem that really is just so perfectly fitting like for what I was trying to convey um, in the project, but very like much more directional and intentional around like what I want to say and what the message I want to leave the listeners with, which really is like, you know, may every deviation bring you intention. And that's really what this is. And like you said, it came out in 2021, but it's really allowed me and expanded my musicianship and artistry past that year. And so that's the intention piece of it, you know, the deviation of like not going through this whole relationship and this breakup and this heartache. And then, you know, the intentional part of it is like, this is my growth. This is my, these are my flowers. These are, this is what's blossoming from this place of hurt that I experienced. Um, So yeah, that's, that's the project. (laughs) I'm so happy you listened to it and liked it. Oh, no, I've been listening to it. It's not, I just listened to it. I've been. Yes. It's such a dope project. And I love that you um, mentioned the opening track because I thought that poem was really 
it's so good. Like you have to listen to it more than once, I find, to really like digest the words and everything that you're really saying. So shout out, what's her name? Desiree McKenzie? Yeah. Shout out to her. That's her. It's an incredible poem. She's an incredible poet. Like, you know, um, if you get a chance, take a look at her. She's won poetry slams and whatnot. But I think, again, just like the the, the way that she's able to capture and captivate the idea that I had in my mind was just really incredible and profound for me. And so, yeah, shout out to her. <laughs> so one of the things uh, I feel that Detour has brought you is to go on a North American tour with Jesse Reyes. Which is huge. So I was so happy when that announcement came out. So let us know how was your experience on tour? Uh, incredible. Like I know I've done a couple of like interviews and podcasts and then everyone always asks me and they're like, that's it, just incredible. Like that's all you <laughs> have to say. And I'm like, I don't even have I don't even think I have the words even right the now to really express like how how good of an experience it was for me. Um I've I learned so much. And it was like, it was like a, the, the, the good feeling of learning. Like, you know, when you're like excited to learn and you're like, this was mm -hmm. like such a good learning experience. And then sometimes you have like bad learning experiences where, where we go through things. It's like, okay, cool. I learned a lesson, but I didn't have to, I don't have to go through that again. You know? Yeah. This was such a good learning experience, even through, you know, some of the trials and tribulations or some of the things that like we kind of had to get over hurdles, at least for myself as an artist, trying to get onto the tour. Um, I'm really happy that it panned out to be as good as it was because it was more than like what I expected. Um, and so I think Jesse is an incredible human. Like I know that a lot of people may or may not understand the kind of person that she is because we're not all seeing her um, personally, but mm -hmm. I think she's just so open she's like a really big ball of like positivity and energy and she really wants to see like you win and and that's so i think that's like that's that's not common these days and so just being around her um was just amazing and then that that i feel like you know transcends to her team who was also really amazing who really kind of took me under the wing and was like okay this is what you kind of need to do this is what you're doing great um, you know, this is how you kind of navigate this and that and just really great advice. And when things weren't working out with like necessarily my sound, her team was so open to like helping me figure that piece out. And um, I think that's just like that. That's so that's so amazing because not everyone has really great first tour experiences. And I think it really starts with that the artist and like what the expectation is for when you go on tour. And I always say this, like when I get to headlining my own first tour. Um, I want to give that experience to another up and coming artist that was good and positive and, you know, very professional and just like a good overall musical experience that they can remember for the rest of their life. So when people ask me, like, how was your experience? It really was amazing. Like I, I wasn't expecting to see Jesse daily or mm -hmm. um, I wasn't expecting to be able to even interact with her as much as we did. But again, just making those points to be present for your openers, making those points to even just say, hey, you're gonna have a great show. Like, you know, your team, her parents, oh my God, they're so sweet. Like her parents making a point to just sit in on every show, you know? And then in return, like I didn't, I, I've seen Jesse perform that set like <laughs> 20 times, but I would be out there every single evening as if I've never seen it before. Um, and that's just like also 
speaks to such an incredible artist and performance that she has and she gives every single night you know we're moving through different climates mm-hmm. yeah and like you know <clears throat> you can you can get sick we're like cold one day hot another day you wake up and it's like oh this warm you wake up and it's like damn it's cold like you know so we're as especially as singers you you feel those effects and it's really important who you have around you and who kind of lifts you up and makes you feel encouraged before you go on stage and it was just all of those things. It was a really good team. And shout out to Nisha. She was also another opener. Um, and again, we just had really good like synergy, I felt like. That's good. Because I remember I had someone else on the show. Um, he is a radio host here in Montreal. And he was telling me sometimes like with tours, sometimes to get like people to open for like big name acts. He's he's seen some things <laughs> where the the headliner is not so nice to the openers. And exactly. I was just like, are you serious? Oh my gosh. So I'm happy that you had an incredible experience. And I don't, I've never met Jesse Reyes. I, I don't know her, just her social media. And she just seems like a, just genuinely just a kind yeah. human being. She's just a fun ass girl. Like, yeah. She doesn't, obviously, she takes things seriously, but never too mm-hmm. seriously, you know? And yeah. she's like, again, the definition of just like, when life hands you lemons, you make lemonade. And like what Detour is all about, like she just goes with the flow. Like her first show in Miami was like rained out and her fans were there and she was like, I feel so bad, but like, okay, I'm just gonna do an acoustic set outside. Like, you know, just going with the flow. And um, I think all of us as artists can really learn from how authentic she is. um, And she doesn't try to be like someone she's not like it's always just about comfort for her like when you go when I go on stage I want to feel comfortable so I can perform my best and she's a rock star like you know just not there's just like little effort it feels like you know where she just like goes out there and she's like yeah and then comes (laughs) off and she's like all right cool hey guys (laughs) like it's just it's incredible to see so what did you learn about yourself from the tour Mm, I feel like I've learned one I feel like I didn't know if I could do I was a little I was a little afraid of like if I could do this tour back to back all of the nights and I was really shocked that my voice was still intact um you know as much as it was because there was time there were times where I don't know we would go out after and here I am like sometimes my voice the way that it's so like sensitive I can speak at like maybe 5 decibels and then by tomorrow I have no voice just because I'm like speaking over music or like yelling or laughing too hard and then I have no voice. Um, And there are moments where I was like, oh my gosh, will I have a voice by tonight when I'm supposed to go on? But every night it just, it showed up. And um, again, just shout outs to like the team and just giving us little tips and pointers like ginger shots, anybody going on tour, like get your ginger shots, get your vitamins, vocal rest. The off days are more important to me than like the show days. Like the day that you have off, which is like really for you to rest, mm-hmm. um, it's important that you take take advantage of that. But I feel like I just I just learn more about myself as an artist, and um, I think one of the biggest takeaways for me really is that like I feel like this is something that I'm supposed to be doing. Before it was like, and I think artists we go through that where it's like, mm, am I like really supposed to be doing this? But um, after going on this tour and just experiencing um, each city and the people, the people coming up to me and just like, again, just a lot of love. I learned that I feel like, you know, everybody kind of needs that watering 
I call it like the watering, you know, like I had faith the size of a mustard seed is still there, but it was kind of small. And uh, Jesse watered me with this opportunity. And then, you know, I feel like I just want to like share that now. And I just want to do so well. And it's like a different level of confidence that you, you get to walk in the world with. And so I've learned that about myself that I just feel like I can do this. Like this is something that I'm supposed to be doing. No, that's beautiful. And definitely please keep going. Thank you. <laughs> keep going. Because um, I know this is just the beginning. I know you've been doing this for so many years. You started out when you were young. But I feel like, you know, the star is really like rising now. So definitely mm -hmm. keep on going. You're definitely on the right track. Don't second guess yourself. Thank like, you. Keep it going. Definitely. And on tour, um, was there like a song that people gravitated to that you noticed when you performed? Oh, yes. Which song? Always loves when I do covers. So, I mean, okay. So on tour, you have to understand, like I'm an artist that I think going to all of these cities, they don't know the music before coming. Mm -hmm. So they're being introduced to the music. So when they hear something familiar, uh, they just get excited off the rip and they just want to know like, oh my gosh, she can sing. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, in my set for this tour, I had uh, Mary J. Blige, I'm going down. Okay. And, and every time it was like the hook, like every time, you know, I would see people at the front stage and they're here for Jesse. So they're just like, okay, like what's this girl about to do? I'm like the first opener, right? So they're yeah. just they're like, ah, okay, like let's get to it. And then, you know, you hear them even before you go on and they're all they're doing is doing Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. So you kind of get nervous, but um, whenever I sang, I'm going down, you just see like, that's the flip where they're like, oh, okay, let's listen to this girl. Like, what does she have going on? So um, I feel like that was like, that was it. And then from there, like the set on from I'm going down, I think people were just so attentive mm -hmm. so involved um the audience engagement is like much higher just from there i think yeah <laughs> no i but i love that because that's like a um a different feeling like mm -hmm. when you can see that the audience is really connecting to what you're singing so that's why i want to know like what do they gravitate towards you? Because I love going to concerts. It's like my favorite thing. But I also love to see, especially when it's an artist that I really like, I also like to see like people's reactions. Yes. Thing. So how that connects with um, the people that are watching too. Yeah, I feel like I'm going down because it was a cover and it's something familiar. Mm -hmm. it was really, like was really um, engaging. And then I would say um, Shorty from the City and Blessed are two songs that I feel like people are, oh, and Notice. Those are the three songs that I feel like people are really zoned in on and even ask me about like after the show, like what song is this? Or like, what song is this? Which is great. You know, I love that. They're also, they're interested in the cover, but they're also interested in, in the original music as well. I love that. And so now that um, the tour is done, like what's coming up for you in 2023? Are you still living in this moment of detour? Are you taking a break? What is happening? No, I'm I'm not taking a break. Um, I'm more fired up, as I said. So I'm actually I've been in the studio and I'm really just like creating. I'm in a creative space. I'm in a creative mindset. I'm creating and wanting to release music. Hopefully, not super soon, but hopefully soon enough. Um, I still want to put out quality. So you know, I've just been living living in the studio and creating and just trying to connect with um, other producers and figure out and craft like my sound. But I do want to 
con continue to like kind of live off of the moment, the momentum of what the tour has kind of given to me. And a lot of people are in my DMs like, we can't wait for, for your music, your new music and stuff like that. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm so excited to just like bring new music to the table and just kind of get that ball rolling again and get back to performing. I definitely want to get on another tour. Um, I know that again, people are just like, what are you talking about? Like not every tour is Jesse. Your dream tour. Like if you could open up for anybody, who would you choose? I love Jasmine. Um, Ari Lennox. Uh, her. She has her tour happening. No. <laughs> her. Uh, Summer Walker. Any of the R&B babes. Even like, you know, even the guys. I don't care. Tone Stith. I love him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like it just... I, listen, I'll open up for anybody that makes sense for what I do, you know? So yeah. very interested in that. Very, very, very interested. Well, put it up into the universe. You. you never I'm know. You have to do it. That's exactly how I got here on this tour as well. So I'm putting it and letting the universe do its thing. I will be on tour and festival stages and all the good stuff. So you will see me soon. <laughs> I love it. And I, I can't wait for new music. Yeah. Don't want to rush you, but I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So before we get into some R&B trivia, I do want to ask because um, there's some things that you mentioned and I think it would be good for people to hear um, because you talked about Jesse Reyes and her team being really good. So for you, how did you find your team? Like maybe your management, because there's a lot of artists that are looking for managers. How did you connect with your your management? Yeah, this is such a good question. And I don't have all the answers if I'm being very honest. Like I'm still looking to expand my team. But uh, the way that I find my team or I like to have people a part of my team is really based on like organic interaction. Um, my, I was I was getting ready, actually, I'd, I already completed Detour and I was getting ready to figure out the marketing to how to really, for how to release it. And um, I just knew that I wasn't able to do it on my own. I, for many years prior to that, I was like, ah, oh, I could do this on my own. I could do this on my own. It's just going to done the way that I want it to be done. So I'm just going to do it by myself. Um, and I knew that I, I was just one person and I couldn't take on like a lot of that work. And so um, a friend had introduced me to my my two managers, um, Paco and Bianca at the time. And um, I think they were also fairly, not so much Paco, but I think Bianca was also fairly new in management. And we've had a lot of growing pains together, but like we've kind of worked through those growing pains. And so, um, you know, I, it, it started out as just a project management situation where I was like, hey, let's just see how this goes. Cause I think that artist management is like a relationship. Like this is your marriage. Like you're gonna be entering into a pretty long term, hopefully uh, relationship. And so we're like, hey, let's see, like, do you even like me <laughs> or like the way my the style that you know the way that i do things do you like that i'm not the kind of person that is going to be sitting and you know writing music every single day in my life i also need to live life in order to write music and like do you like the way that i sing do you like the music that i make are you going to be here coming in to try to like change everything around so it was a lot of courting and, and back and forth you know like do you like me do i like you do we do we understand each other um, and then from there, it was just really expansion, like figuring out, okay, well, who do we need? Photographer, my tour photographer, shout out to Coops. He like really, really, really um, upped the ante on my content. Like, you know, not having him, I think 
we really would have kind of missed out on sharing the experience with all of the people who are there to support me as well. So um, it's really just, again, that courting where it's like, do we make sense together? I like I like organic interactions and organic relationships and how they form. Sometimes it's not always going to be that, but I think the, the closest people to me, um, I have to really, your, our energies have to be on the same wavelength, yeah. No, but that's good advice because so many people are looking for managers or they had managers and it didn't really work out or they've had multiple managers and it hasn't really worked out and it gets frustrating. Yeah. So I think your perspective is important for someone to listen to and to know um, because when they go out there, maybe they'll, you know, try and find something more organic or oh. ask those questions kind of like you're on your first date, you know? Exactly. To see if questions and also see like, you know, if you say, hey, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, the first day, everybody's going to promise you all these things, but like, do they mm -hmm. get done? Are they actually getting done? Are you actually working towards um, the goals that you have? Are you steering your ship or is somebody else steering your ship? And none of these have like, you know, specific answers that I can answer. It's like really just about the individual and how they see their artistry. Some people are completely okay with somebody else kind of driving the boat and figuring out what their direction, what the direction for their artistry is. Whereas some people like to take a little bit more of the reins and communicate that. And then, you know, the manager really manages all of those things and figures out how to get that for the artist. So I think it all just depends. And sometimes, you know, for a long time, I didn't have a manager, like a long time in between, I didn't have a manager. And, and um, I'm, I'm learning that like, you, you do have to have something to manage. So build yourself up as an up and coming artist, or as you know, if you're starting out or whatnot, build yourself up so that you start noticing there's something to manage here. I'm getting, you know, a lot of emails that I cannot handle myself. I'm getting a lot of inquiries about shows that I can't handle myself. I'm getting a lot of questions about, you know, sync opportunities that I'm I'm not really knowledgeable in. And so um, a lot of the work we can do ourselves, but some of the work we have to delegate or we have to see if there's a team around us that can help us out. And it might not be a manager. It might be some people just have publicists. They don't have managers. They have publicists. They have, you know, um, assistants. They have uh, photographers, videographers, like everything except for a manager. So Teams look are literally like families. They look different. They come in different shapes, sizes. It's just like figuring out what makes sense and what works for you. Yeah, because that's a whole other conversation, knowing what you need and when you need it. So, yeah, that's all. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that information. I think it's important, and I think somebody can learn from that and then use that to hopefully find the right management for them. Mm -hmm. So, thank you. So now we are going to get into some R&B trivia. Ooh. So I have six questions for you. Okay. And we'll see how well you do. Some may be hard. Some are easy. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not very good at trivia. Every time I do it, I'm just like embarrassed. And when I look back at it, I'm like, ah, I knew that answer. Okay. okay well, Sorry. what I usually do to help the artist out is if I don't have a theme, I usually take the artist that they're influenced by. Okay. So keep that in mind. Okay. Okay. And then it's going to be like <laughs> mad easy. Hopefully. <laughs> okay. So question one. So Fearless, Reality Show, and Love Me Back are albums by which Philly singer? Jasmine. That's my See? year. <laughs> well, you need a multiple choice. You got it. Yes. <laughs> 
Okay, question two. So this might be a little bit tricky, but I put it in because you're a songwriter. She's mm -hmm. a songwriter. So what song did Lauren Hill write for Mary J. Blige? Ooh. Is it Family Affair, Deep Inside, All That I Can Say, or Share My World? It's either All That I Can Say or Share My World. Okay. Is it? Which one? <sighs> What would I feel like Lauren would be all that I could say? I'm is that your final answer? All that I could say. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that sounds very Lauren. That sounds very yes. Okay, that's awesome. I actually didn't even know that she. Wrote that. <laughs> yeah, she wrote that song. Yeah. All right. So, question three: These lyrics are from which song by Aaliyah? And I'm not a singer, so I'm a. <laughs> That's all good, girl. Okay. Let's, let's see. We hooked up. We sat down, made an agreement. We vowed that. Is it from One in a Million, Rock the Boat, More Than a Woman, or I Don't Wanna? I want to say. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, awesome. Okay, my brain works a little slow, but that's I don't want it. Yes, okay, okay. We do good. We do good. Let's let's get it. Let's get it. Okay, what is the name of the song Janet Jackson did with her brother? Is it Pyt? Scream? Doesn't really matter. Or together again? I don't think. Okay, it's not that one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what is it? Scream, P-Y-T. Doesn't really matter or together again. I'm going to say, damn. Okay, I'm going to say together again. That is incorrect. That's oh, it's, um, the one before it, is it. The answer is scream. Scream. Yes. I didn't remember that. Okay. That is the duo. Right. They have the black and white video. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. We got it. We got it. All right. This should be an easy one. If you don't get this one, I'm going to be a little nervous for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. False. Jesse Reyes' first studio album is called Before Love Came to Kill Us. Before love. Is that her first studio album? No. Is it? Does that one have figures? Oh my God, that's horrible. We're going to cut that one. <laughs> yes! True! <laughs> the thing is, I don't, I don't think I do very well with albums. Um, I do well with songs, but... Yeah, it's because she had EPs before that. Yeah. Oh, okay, so okay, yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. Why. That's why I'm like, I don't think. Well, I, I, I know of the older EPs because mm -hmm. we were um, doing shows together and stuff like that. So I was like, that can't be her first album, but I guess it is her probably her first studio album. Okay. Yeah, but see, that's what yeah. makes things tricky these days because there's all these EPs, and so you think they're albums because they have all the songs. But then yep. years yep. later, they finally come out with their first album. That's going to be me. 
I think I'm going to be doing only EPs <laughs> for a while <laughs> until there's a demand for an album. Yeah. Well, it will be in the Army trivia one day. I'll have All it. All right. <laughs> okay. So last question. Which hip hop group inspired SZA's name? Is it Run DMC, Wu Tang Clan, A Tribe Called Quest, or NWA? And not Run DMC, A Tribe Called Quest. Wu Tang or NWA? I don't think it's Wu Tang, is it? Or I'm trying to use process of elimination. This was going well, and the, at the end is just killing me. I'm going to say... Okay, so you did not run DMC, which is correct, so that's yeah, out the way. I already knew that one is not, is not it. Uh, you said run DMC, Wu-Tang, Tribe Called Quest, NWA. NWA. Uh, I feel like it's not NWA. Okay, good. Okay. So, so we have Wu-Tang or Tribe Called Quest. Wu-Tang or Tribe Called Quest. I'm going to say, let's say Wu-Tang. Correct. All right. Because is it because it's like SZA? Versus, I don't Rizzo. know. I don't that, know. No, but that's it. Cool. I was doing process of elimination. I knew it was something with RZA. All right, cool. That's Shout it. That is the Ghostface killer. Um, Ghostface has been a supporter of mine. And honestly, he's amazing. Yes, he is one of my favorite rappers. I really? Love, yeah. I love Ghostface. Okay, well, love let's it. hope we can get something together. Shout out to Ghostface, man. Yeah, no, he is super dope. I love, love, love. But yes, her name is based from RZA. She oh, took RZA, changed it that. up. SZA. Solana <laughs> made it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's good to know. Thank you. I learned some stuff today. See, but that's it. Even if you don't get it right, you end up learning some R&B trivia mm -hmm. facts that you can, you know, shoot out there sometime if ever it calls for it. So it's all a learning process. So thank you for playing R&B Trivia with me. Wow. Thank you for having me on R&B Trivia. <laughs> no that was problem. Fun. So let the people know where they could follow you and keep up with you so that when you do drop something, we could support. Yeah. So I'm on all social media as Layla Day. Pretty much everything is Layla Day, but Layla Day is spelled L-E-I-L-A-D-E. Why you can also visit layladay.com. I'm going to try and update that as much as possible, but I'm on social media, all streaming platforms, um, and you will hear about it through my social media. I'm always trying to update those as much as possible through my website, through YouTube. Follow me, tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to Detour or any of the other music that I have out, and just support any of the upcoming artists, like even in your city. If you love an artist that you know is really trying to do their thing, support, support. If you like the music, support it. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. Definitely stream Detour. Look back at the other um, songs and albums that came out, well, EPs, I should say, that came out under Layla Day. She is an amazing artist. Everyone support her. And thank you so much, Layla Day, for coming on the Total r &B podcast and taking time out of your day to talk with me. It's much appreciated. Oh, I, I had such a good time. Thank you so much for having me. And shout out to Total r &B. We'll be back. Hopefully we'll do this again and I'll be much further in my artistic career. Oh, you are going to be further. I will be. I'll be much yeah. further. I'll be on my own tour. And you're going to be like, how was your first headlining tour? And I'm going to be like, do you remember when I got all those trivia questions wrong? And it's going to be so amazing. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun.
Thank you. And so this is the Total R&B Podcast. My name is Lorena. You can follow us on social media. We're on Instagram and TikTok at total.rnb. This is a bi-weekly podcast. So we will be back in two weeks with a new interview.